All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. We're live from a completely empty legislature building. It's closed today. I think we're the only two people in this massive structure. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, All the lights are off. Yeah. You get scared walking around the building? I know I scared you when I walked down the hall and started making (laughs) woo sounds. Yeah, yeah. You do that every time. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a... you know, the legend is it's haunted by the ghost of Francis Rattenbury, yes. the architect. Who yeah, we murdered. talked about that on Halloween That's recently. That's right. So it is uh, when, when the place is closed like this and there's no no one in the building and the lights are all down low, it is kind of a freaky place. Yeah, I have heard people say, oh, I've heard sounds in the rafters and stuff like the wind piano. blowing when the wind's blowing. The oh, the piano p- yeah, come on, the man. library. Nobody's the heard lounge. that. Oh, security says that late at night they can hear the keys t- tinkle. Really? Yeah, that's what I say. Really? All right. All right. I love it, though. That's great. Okay, so we just did a segment on the new accelerated targets to go 100% electric vehicle sales in B.C., right? 2035. They've actually moved this target up. up. Like, I've talked to a lot of people who are dubious about this, and I know you are, too, that we can meet these targets. But the provincial government actually going the other way, moving the targets up sooner. I talked to Energy Minister Josie Osborne about this when she introduced the bill. I said, really? You know, at a time when manufacturers are moving, standing down some of their deadlines and their targets for a number of reasons. Uh, Supply chain issues, uh, lower demand. Uh, At some point, you're going to tap out the people who can actually afford these things. Uh, Not everyone, I think the average price is $72,000. That's average? Average. Wow. Very few people. Even with all the big subsidies and incentives and rebates and all, you throw all that in the mix, it's still a very expensive thing to buy. Yeah. Um, so, it, and again, there's not a mass market for that yet, but uh, Josie Osborne says they've got independent modeling, third-party modeling that says they can pull this off, that there will be that type of demand and that type of supply, but there's an increasingly um, large number of skeptics whether we can meet this. Right. Well, Blair Qualley is one of them. He was a recent guest on the show here. He's the head of the New Car Dealers Association of BC, and here's what he had to say to me. Let's listen. There's a whole question of... of rural British Columbia and the availability of charging infrastructure there and uh, low-income folks uh, that may have some challenges with uh, purchasing these vehicles to meet these targets. I think the consensus is this is way, you know, this is going too far too fast. Well, the other thing is, is it the right policy to perpetuate the car culture? Mm. So you replace a fossil fuel car with an electric vehicle. You're just basically swapping one car for another car. Doesn't do anything for the congestion issues, yeah. tied up in traffic, massive amounts of people driving vehicles. So a lot of people question, okay, take all the money we're pouring into EVs in terms of subsidies and put it into transit. Put in mass rapid transit rather than just putting more vehicles on the road just because they're not fossil fuel burners. Yeah. And keep in mind, uh, to manufacture an electric vehicle is a massive fossil fuel footprint. You've got to do mining and manufacturing, which creates, you know, uses a lot of fossil fuels to get to that point. So there's that argument. The other question is, where does the electricity come from? Yeah. From this. <laughs> it's interesting. Rick McCandless, retired civil servant, uh, well-known uh, critic of BC Hydro and ICBC, has intervener status at the Utilities Commission. So he's an expert. He's got a paper out today that says hydro is going to issue a call for massive amounts of electricity from wind power. Mm. Wind farms in the northeast sector of BC. So we're in the peace. In the peace. Well, peace we got a lot area. of it's very windy up there, isn't it? 
Great windy, and it's <laughs> relatively low popula- population. Yeah, so it'd be a good place for a wind farm. Well, right? unless you live near a wind farm. Yeah. So he he cites in Rick's paper, uh, he also cites there's, a, there's an ongoing uh, controversy in Washington State, which is also trying to generate massive amounts of new electricity yeah. not and clean energy, also as a wind farm. Uh, in the eastern part of the state, massive opposi- local opposition to it. Because anybody who's been near a wind turbine, you don't want that anywhere near your house. They're very noisy and unsightly. And imagine putting dozens of wind turbines in, a, in one area. You're going to have some local opposition. So it's interesting. The first I've seen reported anywhere that hydro is going all in on wind power. No more dams, no run of river, no solar, all wind. And I think the calculation, Rick's calculation, how much does it cost? About $7 billion. Wow. And that's just to generate electricity, and that's not necessarily to to um, electrify electric vehicles. There's also homes. I mean, we're grow- our population is growing by 100 and 150. They want everyone to go onto heat pumps. Heat pumps get uh, electricity. Yeah. Get off of natural gas. Get right. off of oil. Uh, but you know, we've got 900,000 homes heated by natural gas. That's not going to change. And I also Maybe don't think soon. they can build enough wind farms. I mean, that sounds like a massive wind wind uh, agenda for sure for hydro. But would that be enough to go 100% electric vehicles in BC? I don't. Well, I'm not sure. Chris it would. O'Reilly, the CEO of BC Hydro, told me in the spring that Site C, the Site C Dam, which is not online yet, of course, still a couple of years away, on its own, yeah. could provide enough energy for 1.7 million electric vehicles. Right. But that's that doesn't mean that means it would have energy to heat homes. And it's also 240,000 homes. So it's one yeah. or the other. It's not both. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. going to heat 240,000 homes and 1.7 million electric vehicles just from Site C. It's one or the other. And now you throw wind farms on top of that, which are still a few years. Uh, again, these targets the BC government said 2035, we're not going to get online. A lot of this electrical electricity supply is not going to be online for a number of years yet mm-hmm. to be able to, to actually uh, power EVs. So a lot of skepticism. We'll see. Well, I wonder, too, if the partners that they're looking at in the auto manufacturing sector, the auto retailing sector, might start to put a lot of pressure on them. Because I thought it was interesting to see the the new car dealers association of BC go public with their concerns. Because this is an association that's worked pretty closely with this government, especially in recent years, because they help manage the rebate programs Mm -hmm. on the cars. So they've got, like one of the things that Blair Qualley told me, he goes, we have a very good relationship with this government, with this minister. We work with them very, very closely. So, but we're but we're still worried. We're still going to go public and with our concerns. That means they must be really concerned if they're if they're yeah. going to go public with. They're them. also concerned that one of the spillover effects could be just increasing the cost of non EVs. Yeah. Other cars would just go up in price because of the cost pressures on manufacturers who are making EVs, and suddenly it's costing more than they thought, and the costs are offset by hiking the sticker price for non EV vehicles. Right. Talk about this uh, lawsuit here against the restrictions on public drug use in British Columbia, right? So we've got drug decriminalization. That happened back in January. Then we saw a lot of concerns from municipalities. We're seeing a spike in public drug use and disorder now. As a result, government brought in restrictions, right? 15 meters away from a playground, 6 meters away from a, a storefront, on a sidewalk, you you know you're not allowed to smoke your your crack yeah, yeah. right there. So now you've got a lawsuit, so claiming that this is unconstitutional, that these restrictions are unconstitutional. Have a listen to Garth Mullins here, Vancouver area network of drug users. Have a listen. 
it seems to me uh, that the government of British Columbia is starting to back away from decriminalization just when it's starting to show some positive results, uh, which they don't talk about. I feel like they are writing a law that's not based on any evidence. Well, well they, Garth is right. They are kind of backing away from yeah. decriminalization. They're softening the approach. I mean, it's an evolving situation. David Eby, the premier, called it an experiment. Yeah. It's not a done deal, so they are softening it. But I don't see where the evidence is that they're starting to show some positive results as a result of decriminalization. Well, overdose deaths are are still going very, up. Very, they remain basically we, static. We, yeah, we keep setting new records. Yeah, and they're, so the, the deaths are not uh, lessening. Also, you've got a number of councils and municipalities are reporting problems in the parks, yeah. in the school grounds before this law was introduced. Even with the law in place, it's still happening. That this was an unacceptable uh, type of activity in certain locations. It's interesting this lawsuit's now going to go ahead. I'd be surprised if a judge sides with the argument that you have a constitutional right to use illegal drugs in school grounds. Wherever you want, basically, in public. I kind of doubt a judge is going to go with that. Right. So this lawsuit is from the Harm Reduction Nurses Association of BC. It's a charter challenge. So they say that these restrictions on where you can use drugs in public go against the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, including the right to life, liberty, and security of the person. Will it, will it, what will a judge think of that, yeah, I, I wonder? <laughs> I know some judges. I can't think of a single one of them. Depends on the judge so, you draw. So, well, again, I just don't see any evidence that a judge is going to necessarily be sympathetic. Depends on the judge. Depends on the judge, right? Sometimes this is like a lottery. It's like, which judge do you draw in the case, you know? Well, but I've seen no evidence that any judge anywhere uh, has, okay. has sympathy for that type of argument. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. Keith Baldry is my guest. Right to your phone calls, Jordan and Kamloops. Hi, Jordan. Go ahead. Hey, I just want to touch on the, uh, the open drug use thing. Yeah. Um, I I can't walk down the street and have a bottle of beer uh, without risking being arrested for having open alcohol in public and public intoxication. But they're yeah. fighting to allow people to, you know, inject or inhale their illicit drugs on the side of the road or in a playground like last year a two-year-old found a bag of heroin in a playground and was putting it in his mouth when his five-year-old brother took it away and gave it to his mom and they don't seem to have a problem where did, it, where with it. did that I, where did that happen where did that happen uh mcdonald park in Kamloops. in Kamloops. okay yeah, yeah. Okay, well, th- well, thank you for that. Yeah, no, there are there are restrictions on public alcohol consumption, right? So, and that that's not been thrown out as unconstitutional. No, or smoking. You're, there's smoking restrictions. You know. Yeah, you don't have a so, constitutional right to smoke in, in a yeah, supermarket, right? For example. Yeah, that's why I think the, the charter argument's kind of silly. Yeah, Paul and Langley. Hi, Paul. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Thanks for allowing me uh, to speak. I keep sure. hearing negative things about electric cars. I'm an electrician by trade, and there, we've got five electric vehicles in the family. It is an absolute no-brainer to own an electric vehicle. My Ford Lightning can get me to Kamloops, or sorry, to, or to Penticton with 34% battery left in one charge. It cost me a total of $9.50. You tell me, anybody that's got a big vehicle that can get to a Soyuz or Penticton for nine dollars, it's a no-brainer. Is, is that the Ford? Is okay. The Ford Lightning is that the F one hundred and fifty truck? 
Yes, it is. It's a full size oh. pickup. I've got I've got the long range battery, and yep. and there's probably about five stations along the way that I can charge at, but I don't need to. I can make it all the way to Penticton with 34% left. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why everybody talks about the range issue. It, it's not an issue. And if you don't know where you're going the next day when you're at home, I mean, I, I keep my, my vehicle charged as needed every two or three days. It takes about eight or nine hours to charge. It's less than a hot tub. So I don't okay, see that, how well, people figure that they're not going to be able to charge vehicles. Prob- Thank you for the call. Well, we haven't even touched on that aspect, but if you own five electric vehicles, you probably hold the record in BC for most electric vehicle ownership. Yeah. So if the average price is $72,000, I'm not sure how many families can afford $350,000 to spend on electric vehicles. So the charging things, one, one, the, the battery power, that's a different argument. Yeah. Um, but I think where the skepticism is correct is can enough be produced? To go 100% in yeah, 12 we're years. we're talking 100% new yeah. sales. Right. So can literally enough cars be built just to satisfy the BC market, let alone right. anywhere else in the world, just yeah. the BC market, 100% of the BC market. And then are there enough people who can afford them? Yeah. Not about, I'm not talking about range, the battery life, that type. Of, those are all other issues. And the other one is, um, again, the source of electricity, the supply of electricity. cannot be met to, to satisfy the demand. Ryan in Cloverdale. Hi, Ryan. Go ahead. Hey, I'd just like to touch base on this uh, Nurses Association thing. They're in a lawsuit. They're claiming it infringes on various charters' rights, including the protection of life, life liberty, and security, amongst yes. other things like cruelty and stuff. But what about what about those charter rights for the everyday law-abiding citizen in those areas? And, the, and like the previous caller said, the children in those areas, do we not have a constitutional right to our security? Yeah, my kid's not going to pick up a needle. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense, especially coming from a nurses union or a nurses association. Sorry. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's it not the BC me. Nurses Union. No. Yeah, it's, a, it's a sort of an association. Go, go ahead. Some association yeah. which I've never heard of, but uh, again, out of step with public opinion. Public yeah. opinion is not on the side of open use of illegal substances in school grounds. Does so, that enter into the mind of a judge, though? If a judge rules whether it's unconstitutional. Oh, I think so. Mm, well, I mean, um, no one's been able to challenge a smoking ban. Yeah, you know that's a that's a legal product. Yeah. It cannot be consumed in yeah. areas, and that's already been ruled by the courts. Yeah, yeah. Let's squeeze in one more, Chris and Squamish. Chris, you got thirty seconds here. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I have two little points. Uh, one is, uh, does that hybrid vehicles are they part of the uh, part of the new plan? Uh, and also, I want to talk about Trudeau. When is he ever going to resign? Because he's the best advertising Pierre Polyev has right now. Okay, give me a, give me your thoughts on Trudeau. I don't think he. Well, who knows? I think he stubbornly wants to take on Polyev on a personal thing. He's got a oh. personal thing going on with Polyev, which means he won't give in. But we'll see. Right now, there's just whispers around the sides. We haven't seen a caucus revolt. I'm not sure we will see one. Okay, speaking of Polyev, he's in Vancouver today. Yep. He's the next guest. He's coming oh. up here in just a few minutes. So we'll talk to him about that. All right. Well, don't give him any softballs. Okay, folks. <laughs>